Okay. Okay. And then do I clap to mark the beginning? Yeah, that works. Okay. Okay. I think that's good. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think you're supposed to clap at approximately the same time as me because I think oh. that's a sign to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Want to do that again then? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay. Clap twice. I got, I didn't get the first one, but I got the last one, I think. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <laughs> you know what? That's okay. It'll be fine. I think that was good It'll because be we both hesitated a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. This is fine. Welcome to the Cryptonics Podcast, hosted by Flog and Cersei Enemy. This episode was recorded in June of 2019. Music is by Kevin McLeod at acompetech.com. Okay, well today we're talking about the Blair Witch. The Blair Witch game was just announced at E3, which just happened. This past weekend in June, I'm going to be talking today not so much about the game, although I will be talking a little bit about it at the end, but more so about the actual legend behind the Blair Witch, uh, according to the movie series and the things that have been released on the internet and so on and so forth. Blair Witch wasn't real, right? Like the the movie. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Sorry. Maybe I should have also stated that. Like, I'm, I'm talking as if it's real because it's kind of like... Well, I remember I, I watching found... it and it was terrifying. And then I didn't... It was like the first documentary style film like that that yeah. I think I, I had ever seen. And yeah. I didn't know whether or not it was real. I thought it was real because of the format. To make it worse, for the Blair Witch Project, the movie, they even released beforehand basically a documentary. Um, I think it's called The Curse of the Blair Witch. So they interview the friends and family of the students that made the Blair Witch Project, uh, like the students in the f- that made the footage that was found in the woods. Yeah. And... They interview people a little bit more from the town about the Blair Witch curse. And so that was released right before they released the actual movie, which made it seem like way more that the movie was actual found footage and not just like... That's so genius, dude. I love that shit. <laughs> it, it kind of freaked a lot of people out. I loved it. When it first came out. And I, I didn't actually first watch it till it was on TV. So I knew it was a movie when I first watched it. But it was still fucking terrifying. Like, oh, man. Like the idea that they just found this footage. And then when they watched it, it was this horrifying thing that had happened in the woods. So they were just in, right? Like it's fucked up. I love it. Okay. So I'll go into a little bit maybe about just generalness. Generalness? A general description of kind of the who the Blair Witch is in the legends and stories that are told about her. She's often described as an old thin woman who wears like an old shawl or a long coat that is hiding dark fur that covers a lot of her body. Rather than walk on the forest ground where she lives, she is reported to float above it because she has witty power. So obviously she's got to be super creepy. Oh, dude, the way that you're describing her sounds like me when I'm like about like 70 or so, except the first. <laughs> part that's where you lost me i was okay i thought the fur part was gonna be because of it because you're like living in the forest or something like that you know oh no i'm down for like a melisandre cloak and like i mean i'm thinking this woman looks more like 
like Melisandre, Melisandre without her necklace on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, floating, furry, and cloaked. Yeah, and I think she's got like if you're if you're picturing this in your mind, she's got a little bit longer limbs than the creepy Melisandre. You know? Oh, is she Slenderman's daughter? K- kind of, in a way, I guess. That's kind of a okay description that's, that's kind of relatable when i was writing up my notes on all of the lore about her there were some points where i was like huh this is kind of a little bit like slender slendy in a sense yeah it's kind of slendy kind of kind of slendy uh she doesn't ask anyone for twenty dollars oh well so. then they can't be related <laughs> <laughs> i that i've totally lost my train of thought i'm so sorry about, no it's okay it's not your fault so she's a furry that floats according to one story yes Okay. She's a furry that floats. Tight. That is terrifying. Super, super creepy looking. So the first legend of her, like, witchiness, or her first reported witchiness, I guess, was in February of 1785, when seven children were lured into her home. Seven? Yes. Seven children. I'm not quite sure why seven children, and it's never really (gasps) specified why. seven dwarves in Snow White. Holy Maybe fuck, those weren't a, children. That's an angle I didn't even. I they didn't weren't even children. Think of. They were the dwarves. What if Snow White isn't even Snow White? Like, what if she's not even a princess? What if Snow White is the Blair Witch, and that those are her seven dwarves? I'm so sorry. Continue your story. So she lured <laughs> children in February. Well, to then her, her house. seven her seven dwarves betrayed her because they turned her into the police who accused her of being Assles. a witch because while they were kidnapped at her house, they claimed that she pricked their fingers and drew their blood uh, for some unknown purpose. It's never, as far as I could tell, it's never specified why she did this. Man, um, right? You prick them <laughs> once and they go and I mean, tell everyone. I, I think all of the children were of random genders, but... Oh, I guess... I, guess <laughs> I actually forgot they were children and thought they were dwarves. For like... <laughs> I'm going to level with you. 100% forgot they were children. Okay, tight. So they told on her, those damn children. I think I've forgotten to even mention her name. Um, Oh, yeah. I imagine it to be Elizabeth. Ooh, that's not actually that far off. Her name originally was Ellie Kedward. Oh, Ellie Elizabeth? Mm. Yes. You're psychic, girl. That's creepy. I Oh, that's my secret. I actually am the Blair Witch. What the fuck? Okay, we're about to get into some stuff that you might not want to admit to then. Because... Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> not everything you hear on the internet is true. Well, let's get into the first thing that happened to the Blair Witch after you were exiled. Yes, me. Some people claimed that she was tortured and tied to a tree outside of the town and left to freeze in a particularly harsh winter that was happening. Other stories claim that she just simply left the village and because the winter was so harsh, she succumbed to the elements, essentially. Either way, it's believed that she died in the forest. And in the cold. And in the cold, yes. I get cold very easily now now because of it hoodies just all the time well and and shawls and cloaks apparently if you think about it aren't hoodies just the modern day cloaks they have the hood on them they cover like your full top part of your body yeah but also cloaks can come back because i want to wear cloaks because yeah but also i don't know how to contact the fashion industry and tell them that i want cloaks to be a thing this podcast is how you do that do that right now please make it a thing i want that that's it. Perfect. 
I'm the Blair Witch. <laughs> and I tell you, bring them back or I'll levitate at you. You might want to wait to craft your threats until a little bit further into the podcast. Oh, okay. oh you think my threats can get better? Okay, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after her banishment, essentially, from the village, by the next winter, half of the village's children had disappeared, including the original seven who had accused her of witchcraft. The villagers basically thought the village was cursed now, and they just fucking took off. They were like, no, we're just going to leave, and they never spoke her name ever again basically it was like a cursed word oh you know bitches get stitches (laughs) (laughs) bitches get banished bitches get banished and snitches get stitches so that was in 1786 when they all fucked off basically the town was then rediscovered in 1823 by a railroad worker it was named after a land developer the new town name was Burkittsville. Oh. Uh, this is the name that's used in the Blair Witch Project movie. I remember that. Wait, how did how how Blair? Why Blair Witch? The town of Burkittsville was originally called Blair. Oh. So okay. the village originally where the witch first originated those from children and, stuff. and drew their blood was called Blair. Uh, and they really developed it and named it Burkittsville. Two years later, after the town was rediscovered, the witch would take her next victim, 10-year-old Eileen Treacle, in 1825. Well, her name was too similar. <laughs> there can be only one. Yeah. She was playing near Tappy East Creek, which is in Burkittsville, during the winter harvest picnic. Um, official records state she drowned in the creek, although 11 witnesses at the picnic, I believe including her mother, say they saw a ghostly white hand come out of the creek and pull her in. Her body was never recovered, and after her drowning, the creek became mysteriously clogged with oily bundles of sticks and remained soiled for 13 days after her death. Ugh, what was in that kid's body? <laughs> sticks are very common symbols in the Blair Witch lore. Okay. Um, Maybe just because she lives in a forest. I'm not quite sure why. So she's just like trying to get crafty with whatever she has around her. <laughs> she's like the the Martha Stewart of witches. It is very common for witches to use nature around them in their shit, you know? Yeah, you know, well. Like spells and potions and stuff. Oh, like Wiccan Martha Stewart. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Evil, evil Wiccan Mar- Martha Stewart. Yeah. She's she's pretty fucking evil. So the Blair Witch takes an extended summer vacation, basically, because she doesn't kidnap her next victim until 1886. Her victim is eight-year-old Robin Weaver, who basically comes upon the Blair Witch in the forest. Robin Weaver is the one who reports that she was floating above the ground instead of walking. The witch takes her to her basement where she just kind of leaves her there for a little bit. Robin isn't initially scared of the witch, but once it starts to become nighttime, she's like hanging out in this basement and she also pieces. She's just, she finds this kind of open window and sneaks out and runs back to the town. During this time, the town has sent a search party out to look for her because obviously she's just disappeared into the woods. The witch has basically left Robin in the basement because she knows that the search party is coming out. So she goes and slaughters them essentially in the woods and displays their body on a really prominent area of the Black Hills Forest where this witch lives. That's metal. There's a picture that's on one of the Wikipedia pages that shows them almost tied together by their hands in a star formation, kind of. They were also disemboweled and basically displayed on this giant kind of flat rock in the forest called Coffin Rock. 
Oh, I have. I've heard of Coffin Rock from the movie. Yes. Coffin Rock was where they were hiking to in the Black Hills Forest in the Blair Witch Project. I believe they get that tip from one of the interviews that they do in... In the town. In Burkittsville. And so they hike towards Coffin Rock. So... so this is kind of the lore behind Coffin Rock is that this search party that was looking for Robin Weaver, who was kidnapped by the witch, gets slaughtered and displayed there. When the first search party doesn't come back, but Robin does, they send a second search party. To look for the search party. That's meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is how they discover what has happened to the first search party. They don't have enough people, so they go back to town to grab more. But when they come back, the bodies have disappeared. Where'd they go? There is no explanation. For for a lot of this, there isn't even an explanation into, like, why the witch needed these bodies or anything like that. Was she using them for some kind of ritual? Was maybe she just using for them fun. For, maybe. Turn up. Yeah, maybe she's just having parties. Gang, gang. Maybe she just needs some friends. So Blair Witch takes another vacation until 1940 for some reason. Maybe because she had enough bodies left over. She didn't need any more. She was full. Yeah, maybe she eats them. Maybe she had, like, a winter. She was preparing for winter. <laughs> winter was coming. She knew before. For us, that this final season of Game of Thrones is coming, and she was prepping. That's a powerful wish to see that far into the future. Well, you know. She's a true stand for Game of Thrones. This time in 1940, rather than committing her dirty deeds herself, she utilizes a hermit who lives in the mountains near the edge of Burkittsville named Rustin Parr. This is the part that I was kind of, when I was writing up, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of slendy. Basically what happens with Rustin is he starts to see her around where he lives in the mountains. He has this handmade three-story house that he's built because he's a carpenter. He only goes into the town of Burkittsville irregularly for supplies because he lives like four hours up into the mountains. Uh, outside of town and so when he starts to see this woman he's super interested but every time he sees her she never really responds and he never really gets a good look at her face over time he begins to kind of start having dreams where he starts hearing her voice things start to change in the forest around him too he starts to notice that the animals are scared of him and they had been used to him because he'd be living he'd been living in the forest for so long they were used to his presence but now they just weren't coming anywhere near him or his house And he was hearing real strange noises in the night when he was trying to sleep, so much so that he basically couldn't sleep. But anytime he did, he also was having these strange dreams where he was hearing this witch's voice. She wasn't really speaking English. It was usually strange languages or she would repeat strange words over and over and over again. But it basically tormented him for over a year until he kind of went crazy. At this point, the witch was commanding him to do things like sleeping in the basement. He was just fully deluded and paranoid. Anytime he went into the town, the the townspeople were noticing that he was insular and and paranoid of other people, like of people around him. Hmm. Children started going missing just over a year after he starts hearing this witch's voice. And over the course of six months after that, eight children in total are lured with the promise of candy to Parr's mountain home. The witch has basically started commanding him to take these children in pairs down to his basement. And this gets a little gory, so for anyone listening, just keep that in mind before I start this. So the witch was basically commanding him to bring children down to his basement in pairs where he would put one in the corner, disembowel the other one while carving strange symbols into their skin. And the child in the corner could hear all of this happening. The reason that the child is in the corner, they're, they're facing away 
from what's happening because he doesn't want them to watch him while he's doing this. I don't know if that was some part of the true him coming through, like because maybe he was ashamed of what he was doing or if that was just some weird paranoia that he was exhibiting. Weird. Even though once he was done with the first one, he immediately went on with the second one and killed the next one, right? So he took the kid out of the corner and then immediately did the same thing to them. With the exception of one child, Kyle Brody, it's not even really known why he didn't kill this one child, but Kyle Brody was basically in a separate corner on his own for the entire time the other children were being killed. And then once that was done, the witch came back to him and said, you're finally finished. I won't appear to you anymore if you go into the town and turn yourself in. Okay. Reston Parr releases Kyle Brody and... I think he walks into like a store or something or into the street of Burkittsville and basically is just like, I'm finally finished. And then he confesses to everything in in detail to the police. Huh. The police hike up to his house where they find the seven bodies of the other missing children and like basically see what he's done. He goes on trial in July of 1941 and gets sentenced to death. Like there's no doubt about it. He's confessed everything. I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> just kill him right there. Like, Well, right after his trial, some of the townspeople who had been there, including some of the parents of the children who he had murdered, went to his house and burned it to the ground. So they got a little bit of revenge, definitely. Yeah, but that doesn't feel like enough. He got hung in November 22nd of that same year. So it was only, they only had to wait a couple months to actually see him kick the bucket. Yeah, but like, burning down his house, that's like pouring lava on someone's house in Minecraft. Like, that just doesn't feel all that like, (laughs) oh man, that took me some time, shoot, gosh dang, that sucks. And then that's it. As opposed to like, hey, I murdered all you babies. Hey, seven kids at the start? Yes, he took them Another down to seven dwarves. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, because they're kids, so they're short, right? It's another seven dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> right up until the end, right up until he was hung, Reston Parr was adamant that an old woman was whispering into his ear the whole time and making him do this. Uh, which does make sense with some accounts that have been made of Reston Parr because before, even though he was uh, slightly isolated in his home, he was kind of a hermit. He was still pleasant and he was still uh, reported to be helpful to like hikers who would come into the mountains and things like that. So him all of a sudden turning and killing these children is definitely not within the character of what the townspeople at least knew him to be. So Yeah, but at the same time, if you look at other serial killers, like they don't seem like they would be serial killers. Yeah, I guess that's true. Look at, like, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Everyone thought he was, like, a super nice, super swell, super sweet guy. And also, like, on the down low, he he naughty. There's quite a few, like, serial killers that are, like, very charismatic. And so he could have just been a very charismatic duder guy that ended <laughs> up being a fucking dick and killed lots of dwarves. And... <laughs> And then afterwards, as he's getting, like, prosecuted for it, he's like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have said it was me. <laughs> then he's like, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was a lady. She controls me. Interesting conspiracy theory that you have there. <laughs> Either way, poor little Kyle Brody, who was released, was later committed to Maryland State Institute for the Criminally Insane. wonder why. Wait, uh, that's the little kid that, like, heard everyone get murdered, right? Yes, yes. 
I believe he may have committed a crime and then just pled insanity, and that's what got him committed. So, like, he was just sent to a facility instead of being sent to prison, right? But at the same time, like, a lot of people that are, like, criminals or have committed crimes usually end up doing that crime because of a trauma of some kind. One of the online like interactive stories that ties into the Blair Witch lore it's called White Enamel and it goes into the history and like some of the fucked up things that happened at Maryland State Institute for the Criminally Insane. It's interactive so you click through it and it's super freaky and I haven't finished it because uh scary games freak me out. I need that. (laughs) This is fucking dope so that's i think kind of the last instance of the blair witch um cal brody sharpens a wooden spoon and like Mm. just drives it into his wrists so with all this in mind this is basically the information that is known to in bits and pieces kind of to different people about the blair witch when the film crew in 1994 goes out to make the blair witch project All right, so the three film students, Heather, Mike, and Josh, Heather is basically the one who came up with this whole idea for the Blair Witch Project, Um, and Josh is a fellow film student at the university that that they both uh, are in classes together. Mike is just a friend of Josh's who they've hired to come along to help with the setup, basically, and help film and shit. So they all set out, they do the interviews, they get the information about Coffin Rock from one of the interviewees, This is where they also get the information about how the Blair Witch kind of has fur on her and she wears like the long cloaks. They interview a lady named Mary Brown. Mm -hmm. She carries a Bible. Um, Mary Brown also claims to know and do a lot of things like be involved in the film industry and she makes a bunch of wild claims about accolades and things like that that seem a little bit crazy. So they don't really take her seriously when she's talking about the Blair Witch. Well... Okay, were those interviews real? No, 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 no. This is all... Those are, like, Heather, Mike, and Josh, they're all actors. Mm. Like, none of this is... Oh, yeah. The the people who are being interviewed, they're all, they're all actors, so it's all fake. <laughs> okay, so everything about it is fake, right? Yeah, everything okay, about thank it you. is fake. This is thank just you. like Slender Man. Like, everything about it is fake. That makes me a little bit sad. I A little bit yeah. of me wanted at least, like, the interviews to be real or something. I don't know. Heather, Josh, and Mike eventually interview that one gentleman who leads them onto Coffin Rock, where that search party was slaughtered. They're like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go into the woods and check this place out and get some good footage of where this all is supposed to have actually happened. So they go in, and when they get there at Coffin Rock, there's, like, little piles of rocks that are made up and, like, stick figures made out of actual sticks that are hanging from trees. Josh knocks over one of the rock piles while they're there. <gasps> Bad boy. Not a... Desecrating the whatever it is. I don't know. And also just know. being a dick. Someone put that together. Someone made that piece of art. <laughs> You're just gonna go up and kick it over? That's like if I built something awesome out of fucking Legos and then someone just came up and godzilla it. Like... I mean, this is just your Blair Witch coming through, right? Your Blair Witch angle. Yeah, I get that. He <laughs> broke her art. That first night that they're camping, they hear crazy shit in the forest. It's almost like children's laughter, kind of, or like children's Fuck that. things like that. There's also really large cracking noises as if trees are being snapped in half. Like, not just twigs and branches, like a Entire deep trees, yeah. Yeah. Deep, heavy footsteps to go along with that cracking, as if something is either 
breaking trees while it walks or breaking trees because it walks, you know? Oh, that got deep. It's super creepy. It doesn't help, too, that as time goes on, as they start to realize that they've been walking for hours without really getting anywhere on the map, tensions kind of rise between them and they start to get a little snappy. They start to argue a lot more. Their mental health is obviously starting to deteriorate as they get more and more confused kind of by what's going on. When they wake up after that first night, they do notice, too, that there are like rock formations that are placed in a circle around their tent, around their campsite. Yeah, I'd fucking passive-aggressive artists around them, too. After that happens, they, they kind of are like, yeah, we're, we're going to try and peace. We're going to head back to the car. Like, we've got enough. Heather's thing this whole t- movie is that she basically can't stop filming. And they yell at her so often because she like they're trying to just get out of the forest and she's just like still there filming shit. So as they're trying to leave, they're trying to follow the map. They're using a compass. They realize they're walking in circles. Eventually, they lose the map. Heather had the map, but now it's gone. She can't find it. She's blaming everyone else. Everyone else is blaming her. Things start getting a little bit crazier. They start hearing noises right outside their tent. I think it might even be the next night. Something starts to shake their tent in a way, and they all fucking bail out. It's This is like the middle of the night. It's pitch black outside. They use their flashlights, but eventually turn them off because they're worried that something is following them into the forest. At like six in the morning when it's finally getting light outside, they head back to their campsite and it is completely trashed. Not only is it trashed, but I'm pretty sure one of their packs is missing. And when they end up refinding it, it's covered in this like weird slime material or something like that. Like he came on his backpack? Or the witch did. Maybe the witch is like... Damn! I mean, Josh was originally the one that knocked over one of her piles of rocks too so either it was revenge or she noticed him do that and then was like "Ooh, wait a second josh you you look mighty fine i haven't had anyone in my forest for a long time let's see where this goes mike eventually confesses that the map didn't go missing he kicked it into the fucking water because it wasn't working anyways like they were following it and not getting anywhere so he just fucking yeeted it basically they wake up the next morning and josh is gone at this point the witches either got her revenge or they got married or something. I don't know. It's very possible either one of those. It's very possible either one of those happened. That same morning that he goes missing, I believe there's like a little bundle of sticks outside of their campsite that's wrapped in a like a shredded piece of his shirt. Oh, even more aggressive art. At first, Heather just like tosses it away from their campsite. Like she just doesn't want to deal with it. And then later she goes back to figure out what it is. And when she opens it, first she sees a ton of blood. And then when it fully opens up she realizes it's a severed ear presumed to be josh's severed ear because it was tied with a piece of his shirt she just like throws it back into the woods goes washes her hands she doesn't say anything about it to mike he obviously notices that she's freaking out because she's like on the verge of bursting into tears they decide to just keep hiking because that's all they really can do at this point yeah the next night is when they hear josh's screams in the forest what kind of screams like we just got married screams <laughs> uh oh you uh, know what i might need to rewatch that and, f- and figure that out uh? the screaming starts as heather is recording this apology video basically <laughs> you know like when influencers make apology oh yeah isn't that the like canceled? the the infamous camera angle is down lower than her face and like she's yep. crying and there's snot yep. coming out and yeah yep. because heather knows that this was all this trip was all her idea so everyone's gonna cancel her when they find out that do you just say they're gonna cancel her yeah <laughs> 
it's actually really like upsetting because she's apologizing to their families being like you know i'm the one who brought them into this forest and i'm the one who you know yada 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 yeah and she's really upset and then that's kind of when things start getting all fucky when mike and heather start hearing the these screams they just freak out they are trying to find him eventually they come across that house in the The, woods the broken down house they're just freaking the fuck out and running through this house trying to figure out where these screams are coming from and then trying to find each other at some point because they've got split up and then when they do end up finding each other there's that infamous scene at the end of the movie where mike is standing in the corner and heather comes down into the basement and sees him standing there and the camera just kind of like drops to the ground and it's never really clear what happens to them after this point could they be like we never actually see their deaths right we never actually see any confirmation that they are actually dead or if they've been like i don't know taken over right because Rustin parr was kind of taken over although it would be implied that they died because mike was standing in the corner which is similar to how the children were originally killed in that basement yeah so yeah so that is kind of the story behind the movie that everyone really knows about the Blair Witch like the the most popular piece of lore basically about the Blair Witch after all of that happens there is more official not official lore I don't canon lore I guess there's a blogger online who starts blogging about the Blair Witch in like 2013 or so the blog is called darknet666 it's edgy. <laughs> it, it's made by producers and stuff, right? So it's got to be super over the top and cliche. He is a resident of Burkittsville. So he knows a little bit about the legends that have, you know, are talked about by the the older people in the how, town that have been passed down. How big down. is that town? How many people live there? It's not super big. Actually, a, a description on the blogger's website, it it's really only about three roads wide or something like that. Like, it's not supposed to be this huge town. It's supposed to be a really small town. And even in the, the forests kind of that are closest to the town, it's only really up until you get into the mountains where Western Par lived where the forests get that dense. Otherwise, it's supposed to be not that difficult to find your way out of the forest right which is why yeah when when people do go missing in that forest it's it's like a little bit of a bigger deal because especially near coffin rock where like the heather and mike and josh were originally kind of hiking to i guess yeah. it's not really supposed to be that difficult to get out of so so this blogger lives in Burkittsville, and he definitely has an interest in the Blair Witch. He blogs about it a lot. The blog isn't super long, obviously, because it's kind of promo for movies and stuff. But mm-hmm. he posts a couple of posts about some other hikers that go missing in 2007. They were following the Appalachian Trail. There is an area of the Appalachian Trail that goes through the forest or a part of the state that's near the Black Hills Forest, where obviously the Blair Witch lives. And it is believed that they were near that area when they disappeared. So he's relating it to the Blair Witch because they're, you know, mysterious disappearances. It could, it could be a, a related. Could be related, yeah. He also talks about two other unidentified kind of persons or bodies that were found near what is known as the Frederick Watershed, but he kind of insinuates that's the same thing as the Black Hills Forest. One was August 24, 1982, when they found the body of a woman in a steamer trunk. Uh, The blogger relates this to the Blair Witch because there are like twigs and scattered leaves that have been placed on top of it. So here's the thing. I feel Mm -hmm. like Burkittsville, that is the best place to go if you want to become a killer or if you want to murder someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can so easily generate hype around it being like the Blair Witch and having it go unsolved, like having Mm -hmm. it not believe that it would be you. Just play some fucking stick dolls 
some rock <laughs> piles. Say it wasn't you. Say you saw like some creature or something. I hate. I saw a hand. I saw a hand reach out. Yeah, exactly. Them. And boom, fucking alibi. Thanks, Blair Witch. The second mysterious, uh, it was more like partial skeletal remains that were found than a body. But this was in November 10 of 1989. Middle-aged man. The skeletal remains were found on the roadside near the watershed in Frederick, Maryland, where it's, this is supposed to be the Black Hills Forest. Neither of these people were ever identified. Uh, and it's never actually confirmed whether they're related in any way actually to the Blair Witch, but it is insinuated by this blogger. So I figured it was important to mention them just in case to, hmm. to show that there might be other mysteries related to the Blair Witch other than the popular just movies the that we know. Ones, yeah. Um, so then we have a video that is posted by Darknet666 on YouTube that is supposedly footage that they have found in the Black Hills Forest. It's a tape. They posted it online and Heather's brother, Heather from the Blair Witch Project, her brother comes across this video online. Basically, this footage is a woman who's frantically running through what looks to be a rundown house that could be similar to the house in the original Blair Witch Project. Is it Heather? Not sure. She's running from something. It's very obvious. There's like sounds in the background that make it seem like it's some kind of monster or something. She's freaking the fuck out running through this place. And as she's doing that, she's running up some stairs and there's a mirror and a super quick sh- flash of not a super close up of the face, but there you can kind of see part of the face. It's a little obscured by some super dark hair. When he sees it, he's like, that's Heather. That's my sister. I have to figure out what this is. At the time that this is happening, James is also being interviewed for a documentary that's being made by a girl named Lisa. She's interviewing people about loved ones who've disappeared and they've never found out what's happened to them, basically. And even though James has all this footage that his sister apparently filmed, there's still not any conclusion about what's actually happened to her. So he believes that she's still alive. He talks to Lisa, this girl who's filming this documentary, and she decides to change the focus of her documentary to being about to find going with James to the forest to see what's going on with this footage. Yeah, and finding his sister. And that's where we pick up with Blair Witch, which is the 2016 movie. Okay, I never saw that one. Was it good? Should I see it? When I first watched the movie, I don't think I was really watching it super closely and I didn't really end up liking it. But when I rewatched it, especially in preparation for like all of this stuff, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it because oh. it it really it really shows you just how much the Blair Witch can fuck with once you're kind of in her domain. And even before that, like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I'll, I'll kind of go into a little bit about their experiences, yeah, but I won't get into too much spoilery stuff. They contact this Darknet six six six, and it turns out this Darknet six six six. Uh, 666 is this guy named Lane and his sister Talia who live in Burkittsville and they just found this footage on when they were out in the woods but they don't want to just tell James and Lisa where they found it they want to go with them they want to go back into the woods with them while they film because Lisa's making this into a documentary which they should know better than to do but they do it anyways because you know the first one so in the forest they do experience a lot of similar things to the Blair Witch Project crew they hear the snapping of the trees although this time it happens a lot closer to their camps. They hear the heavy footsteps that go along with that. A lot of the same time fuckery happens as well. Like the first night, I don't think they wake up the next day until two in the afternoon. Me in high school. There are parts where the group gets separated and 
some of them experience time differently depending on which group they're with obviously a lot of death and killing happens um it expands a little bit on the different ways that the witch can kill you and the different maybe even creatures that she might control kind of what i like about the second movie is it doesn't really go into what these things are which also makes it super spoopy because you just have you know who knows what she has in in these woods that could come out and try and kill you or try and hurt you you know the house does make an appearance in the second movie and it just really reestablishes the witch's powers over manipulating reality, right? And and manipulating time in a super cool way. In a similar sense to being able to entice people or draw people back into the forest, right? And and keep having victims come back into it. Like it's really really interesting and I, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Definitely not as iconic as the first movie, but I enjoyed it as a continuation when I watched it the second time. When I watched it the first time, I don't think I was paying too much attention to the details. And I think the details tie really well into the lore of the first movie, so. This is, like, not the the sequel Blair Witch 2 or whatever, right? No. So that's the other thing that I... Because that movie was not great. (laughs) I couldn't really find any copies of it, like, even online or anything. I probably could have done a more thorough search honestly, but I, I read that it wasn't very good. And I'm going to be honest, I don't even really know how much of what happens in that movie ties into the actual can or what's actually canon. I don't canon. even really recall them like spending much time in the forest. Most of it was like in this like building in like a structure. And I've heard there's also like people who have like powers and shit like that. And it kind of gets yeah. a little extra weird. Yeah. People just kind of forget about it, you know? Yeah. Because it was not great. <laughs> so the group from the 2016, The Blair Witch, James Donahue, Heather's brother, his whole crew, they obviously disappear as well into the forest. And that's kind of, as as far as I know, in that official lore, I think that's kind of where it's ended. Here's here's maybe where I talk a little bit about the, the game that they're making. Um, at first, when I was looking into and researching this whole Blair Witch thing, I was really looking at it from the pure lore side of Blair Witch fans who like discussing the lore, right? Who like discussing this yeah. kind of stuff, who like discussing the details of the movies and the hidden things and the symbology and all that stuff. And going through that, I was going through like all of their Facebook pages and the the White Enamel Facebook page in particular has a post that specifically mentions that the people who are involved with White Enamel and with... Uh, Blair Witch and Ellie Kedward and all of this stuff that they were involved going to be somehow involved in the video game that's coming out soon like the Blair okay, Witch video game that's cool yeah so that kind of gave me hope that that they're gonna like actually utilize like a lot of real lore yes however watching some of the E3 interviews with some of the writers like they just come out and basically say we're doing our own take on it we're doing our own take on the what could happen with the Blair Witch well, because they could be taking, like, a modern take as someone that goes into the forest and, and stuff like that. They could be doing, like... Yeah. I could see how they can have room to play. Yes. I definitely see that. It's not like they should have any problems getting Heather the rights. could be in it? Well, that's what I'm saying is what's probably not going to happen with this whole they're doing their own take on it. Because that was an answer to the question, is there going to be anything from the movies involved? Or is there going to be any, like, pre-established shit involved in what you guys are working Mm. on 
I'm gonna be playing the fuck out of that. You definitely should. the The I'm creators of, like all of it. the creators so of um, Layers of Fear are the guys who are doing it, right? So it's gonna be a good. I'm hoping at least a good, interesting game. But it sounds maybe just like they made a kind of generic, one of those generic like walking simulator games, and wanted to throw an IP on it that was super creepy that they had really good symbology right so it's probably still gonna be a cool game but i'm i'll be really disappointed if they don't even include anything actually related to what has already happened in the blair witch universe you know because this universe like looking at the forums and the pro boards it's so rich with all of this cool information yeah and they're probably just gonna like rip the monsters out of it (laughs) and use that for the game and then the stick figures, maybe the piles of rocks. Yeah, the like arts and crafts side of it. Yeah, kind of. The ch- the standing in the corner facing away, all the like trademarks of it, but with not with like the the lore enriching it. Yeah, the real soul behind it, you know. The flavor text. Yeah. Listen, if anyone from the makers of the game wants to reach out. I will happily stream your game. We could do another podcast covering the lore for it. Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for the Blair Witch. There's still a ton more that I could probably go into the forums and really, really deep dive into. Do a deep dive. Yeah, if I ever do that, maybe we'll do another episode. Especially if more comes out about the video game, it'll be interesting to see. Basically, in summary, Ellie Kedward is the Blair Witch. She lived... In Blair, the town of Blair, when it was kind of originally formed in the 1700s, she was accused of being a witch by seven children who say that she pricked their fingers for blood for some reason. Pretty much since then, she's been getting her revenge mostly on children, but also on basically anyone who comes into her forest, especially if you have a camera so that she can like, I don't know, maybe she just likes performing. Maybe she she wants to be a streamer. Maybe one day she'll have a stream. Yeah, I'd help her out. Everyone can be a content creator. Everyone deserves a chance at fulfilling their dreams, right? Yeah, don't let your memes be dreams, Ellie. <gasps> Yo, that'd be dope. Oh, she could be on YouTube doing, like, how-to videos on her, like, stick craft. She would probably make a killing on Pinterest, too. You know? A killing? Ha ha! Ha 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 That was a really bad <laughs> fake laugh. Oh my god. If you do wind up in her forest, there are many signs that she's about to come and fuck you up, including putting little piles of rocks around where you're sleeping, or snapping trees. Maybe you wake up and there's little stick figures hanging around your campsite, or bundles of sticks with severed pieces of people have been left by your campsite. That's a pretty clear indication that you're fucked. Like, if you get to that point, you're definitely not coming back. If you haven't already noticed that you've been lost in the woods for a couple of days. Unless you get super lucky like Kyle Brody who really didn't get lucky because he kind of went insane and then committed suicide. There really isn't any way to escape. Like, she kind it kind of seems like once you're there, you're stuck. It's, it's almost like a, a house of leaves kind of scenario. Like, once things start to get all fucky with where you're at, you're, that's where you're at and you're not leaving. Or house of leaves. Also, Grave Encounters, which is another movie that I can't shut up about ever. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's the Blair Witch. Like... If you're ever in the woods in Maryland and you see an old lady in a shawl or a, a long black cloak, just just leave. Just get out of there. If you do want to check us out, where can we find you, Vlog? Twitter.com slash Vlog. I mean, I'm a fake streamer, but if you want to catch one of my streams whenever I do have time to stream, it's twitch.tv slash Vlog. P-H-L-O-G. Because it's not spelled the normal way. Yeah. P-H-L-O-G. P 
P-H-L-O-G. I'm not going to do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Twitter. I have an Instagram. My handle is Circeanic, spelled C-I-R-C-E-A-N-I-C. And I also do another podcast. I almost forgot that I have a whole other podcast that I do. It's called Tremble. It's about horror movies. I'm on it with my two co-hosts, Steve and Kurt, who are actual film critics, whereas I just am like a horror movie fan. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. We just gonna leave the whole clapping bit in. We'll see. We'll see what, what ends up <laughs> in the end. <laughs> <laughs>